Studies show us that in households where only the mother attends weekly religious worship gatherings, that children, children will take on that same habit at the rate of about 3%. That's pretty bad, isn't it? 3%. In fathers where both the husband and the wife attend worship services on a regular basis, studies show that children will, will retain that habit at a rate of about 33%. It's a huge difference. Neither one of those are very good numbers in regards to the passing on of our faith, but there's a huge difference in 3% and 30%. It speaks to this idea that fathers are vitally important in the process of spiritual transformation. Fathers are, are vitally important in the process of growing into radical disciples of Jesus Christ. Another study echoed this idea in regards to, in regards to people talking about their relationship with their fathers. Of those who of those who had a very strong connection with their father, and those fathers had an active spiritual life. The first study was just about showing up, right? This study is about, is about fathers who would describe themselves as being, as being very active spiritually. Of those who had a very close relationship with that father, 36, excuse me, 56%. 56% of those who responded said they too have that same close relationship with God. Of those who said they, they did not have a close, a close relationship with their, with their earthly father, only 33% said they transferred that same relationship with God. It's a big difference. We see this in the church. The, the truth is we, we see this outside of the church, right? This correlates to studies that show us that the presence of a father is a huge indicator of avoiding things like poverty, teen pregnancy, drug and alcohol use, general delinquency in our society. You go and you look at the studies and see what happens when a father is present or when a father is not present. Now, every one of us, regardless of our situation, is going to make our our. our our answer before God. I'm not doubting that. I'm not doubting there are people in various situations, even in this very room. But what I'm trying to make the point of is that fathers matter. Fathers are important. And they're important. This should not surprise us because this is God's intention. This is not just a reflection upon, upon what we see in, in society. Society is a reflection of the way that God intended, to, intended it to be in the very first place. That God's intent is for fathers to play a huge role in the transformation of the family. We read passages like Proverbs 22 and verse 6, right? To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This idea that fathers are supposed to be raising their children, not just to get to 18. I am raising my kids just to get to 18, right? We measured the jacuzzi's going to fit really nice in Evie's room here in a couple years. No, I mean, it might fit, but, but that's, that's not what we're working towards. Fathers are intended to lead their children in the Lord. It's the same thing with, with men in, in marriage, right? There in Ephesians chapter 5, 
where he talks about, you know, when he's talking about the headship of a man, and, and he says that, that he might present his wife before, before the Lord, right? As that one who was, is without blemish. I mean, this idea that fathers are supposed to have a positive role, a positive spiritual influence in the lives of their families. Now, on a day that we recognize as Father's Day, we take a moment to give honor to whom honor is due, to think and to reflect upon the role that God has placed upon fatherhood within the family. We celebrate those things. We celebrate those things because God intended those things to be celebrated and to be practiced. Now, what we're not celebrating is the fact that, that you have a, have a child. That doesn't take much. We, 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 have, we have a problem in our culture where people, this terminology, this is probably not new, but I, I hear people talking about being a, a baby daddy. You ever hear people talk about that? That's ungodly, right? And we laugh, but we know exactly, we, we, we see that everywhere, right? I got this kid here, this kid here. That, no, no, no. That is not what we're celebrating, okay? I'm not saying Happy Father's Day to someone who that's their only role. What I am saying is Happy Father's Day to those of you who are fulfilling or striving to fulfill the role that God has called you to. To understand that this is vitally important in the spiritual transformation of the family that God has placed you within. If you have your Bibles, I, I want you, I, I want you to open them up. I, I want you to open them up. Uh, I want you to open up to the Book of Matthew. There in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, one of the reasons that people struggle when they're, with their faith, I think, is a reflection of having a father in the home or not having a father in the home. It's because God's intent and part of the way that God uses fatherhood is to model His own existence. Now, I'm not saying that God intends for fathers to be God. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. And almost the analogy makes me a little bit uncomfortable Matter of fact, talking about fatherhood makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it's kind of talking about me, right? And so how, how do we relate some of these things? But, but I do acknowledge that what God intends, what God intends is for, is for our families to be able to look at us and have some idea of, of who God is. It's the same concept when we talk about being a Christian, right? We reflect the light, not because we are the light, but because He is the light. And we're just reflecting those things. So here in Matthew chapter 7, here in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 9, Jesus is giving His Sermon on the Mount. And He says, He says, What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of Him? Jesus says, you ought to be able, you ought to, be able to look at the, the, the role of a father. right? You, you, your children ought to be able to look at you. Your grandchildren ought to be able to look at you. 
and learn something about the way that God feels about them. And so when that image is not there, people struggle. People struggle with the idea sometimes of authority in general. And in particular, how you merge those ideas of someone who is in authority, but also loves us. Isn't that, isn't that the, the biblical picture of God? Well, that's also the biblical picture of a father, who is, who is to be the, the head of the home, but is also to love as Christ loved the church. That perfect combination of authority and love for one, for, for one another that I hope is a challenge to every, one, every father in this room as we struggle to fulfill that. I'm trying to show my children something, something of God. That's God's intent. And so that example that we can show in the home, as it is so powerful, I believe in words, and we're going to talk about words in just a little bit. And I make my living, ultimately, with words, right? I mean, you guys know I like to talk. And, you know, when y'all get me up here five minutes after 11, and it's, 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 it's a test on me, right, to, to, to say, okay, how many words am I going to use? I'm going to digress. But, 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 but this, idea, this idea of something that's even more powerful than words is what our family sees, because in the family, you, you understand that they see you for who you really are. Right? I mean, so there are many of you who, when you see me, I mean, you know, my hair is combed, and I got my coat on, and I got my tie on. I'm, look, I'm looking pretty sharp up here, right? Go ahead and amen, Spin. Right? Look, Jerry's shaking his head, so that's a good man. So, so, I mean, but my kids don't see that. My family doesn't see that. I, I, I like to say sometimes they... They see me when I'm wearing my pajama pants, okay? Like they kind of see the, 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 the re, when, you, when, you, when you let your hair down, right? That's what your family sees. And so, you, so you, you can have words all day, well, it should be this and it should be that, and, and why don't you guys sit right here while I preach you a nice little sermon, right? That, that, that's not nearly as powerful as showing them, being that example to understand, listen, that, that, Brian, the role that, that you play in, in your home is going to impact what your daughters think about what a man is, about what a husband is, about what a father is, right? And, and if they have a good view of that, it's going to be because you showed them that. And for many times, people have very negative views because they, they didn't see that. Well, it impacts them spiritually. How do we handle difficult situations? How do we handle difficult people? How, 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 do we, how do we deal with conflict in our lives? Well, God has placed fathers in the home to serve as examples. Examples not just so that our children can see us, but so they can see Christ. Now, that's a high calling, Right? That doesn't mean that, 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 that we're perfect in, in as much as it means that we're perfect in our Christian life. But it means that our children are going to see something. They're going to see someone who is striving for godliness. They're going to see someone who is striving for godliness. And that's what's passed on from generation to the next. I, I don't have any advice for my, for my family about how to be perfect Okay, because, I mean, I would, they know better. But I hope that I can show them something 
about what it means to strive for godliness. A father takes on a role of a protector in the home. Even, even that idea for, for a man being the head of a woman, right? The, the, the word there is, is, I always mispronounce it, but it's kafale. And, and, and it's also translated as covering. It's why, it's why when you get there in 1 Corinthians, you get some, some strange definitions there in 1 Corinthians about, about the woman's covering and, and the head because that, that word can be used in the same way. But that position of being the spiritual leader, yes, but it also carries with it this idea that I'm going to cover over them. This idea that we protect our children. As fathers, we understand that. We protect them from harmful situations. We protect them from, from hurtful people. D- don't we? I mean, we? We look at our children and we see, okay, here's, here's, here's my child and there's a fire over there. Be careful. When, when, my son, I mean, when my son goes out to, to mow the lawn and we've got a hill in our, in our, uh, in, on our yard, and can, how many times do you think I've told him to be careful when he's on that hill? Every time he goes out, right? And he's like, I know, Dad, I know, I got this. I don't care. I mean, it's my job to make sure that that, that that thought, you need to be careful, doesn't escape from your mind. That's what a father does. You protect your family, Right? I mean, my, my daughter's just started to drive. How many times do we have this conversation? We need to do this. I know. It doesn't matter if you know. It, it's actually, you remember part of what Paul wrote when he wrote there in 1 Thessalonians about loving your brethren? He said, I'm just going to tell you. I know you already know this. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you again, over and over. Not because you're trying to be bossy, but you're trying to protect them. As a father, you, you interact with your family Understanding you can't protect them from everything, right? No, sometimes you think you would if you could, but you cannot. So sometimes, sometimes you allow or you manage them to live life, experience that life. Some of those things that they're only going to learn by doing, right? They're going to have to figure this out on their own, and it's scary as a parent, right? I, I, don't, think that, I don't think that really goes away. I've talked to some of you who have children that are my age, and, and it's still a little bit intimidating, like, I'd like to jump in, but, but I know that they have to do this even when they hurt through these things. Isn't that the relationship we have with God? Who protects us? The, the verse that came to mind was 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, There is no temptation that has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. When you wonder, is God there? Does God care? He said, of course He does. Right? I mean, I, I want my family to know, if you call me, I do care. I, I'm, doing, I'm doing everything I can do. God is faithful. He hasn't abandoned you. He has not left you out there on your own. And He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's what God does. It's that Heavenly Father who protects us. He protects us from the things that are more than we can bear. He provides opportunities for us to seek out His holiness and His righteousness. And in those moments that we wonder, am I in this all by myself? Can can I do this? The answer is yes, because the Father is with you. Is, is, Is there a way to pursue holiness? Yes, because God promises us that. 
On the other side, to understand that when we do suffer, that we suffer, we suffer in light of the fact that there is a God who is purposefully, purposefully allowing us to learn about our life and, and ourself. Isn't Job the example of that? The greatest sufferer that there ever has been, who suffered, who suffered with the hand of the Heavenly Father firmly in control of what was going on. God wanted him to learn. God wanted him to understand. That's what he ultimately did. It's the same thing. We celebrate those fathers who provide a place of safety for their children because because we see that as a reflection of the safety that God provides for us. We think about the provision of a father. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the men in this room who get up every day and you go to work to provide for your family. I'm just telling you we live in a world where there is an epidemic of people who don't want to get up every day and go to work and provide for their family. That's the world we live in. And that's a reflection of a lack of Christ in this world. Do we understand that? That, that, that a great deal of, of, what, of what we suffer as a society of people not wanting to work is because they don't have Christ in their life. Because there are things about work ethic and provision that on, they come from Christ. They don't come from, from my flesh, okay? My flesh says, kick back in the recliner and do as little as I can. But God calls me to work with my hands. God calls me to be industrious. And many of you do and have done that for a lifetime. Paul would write in 1 first, in first Timothy to the young preacher, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, he says, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now that, that doesn't mean that I need to give my child everything that they want. That would be a mistake, right? That would be a mistake. But it does mean that I have responsibility to provide for them the things that they really need to the very best of my ability. We see that same mentality in the form of God. In Matthew chapter 6, once again, there in that Sermon on the Mount, that we, we remember verse 33, but we back up to verse 25 when, when he says, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? After all these things, verse 32 the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. This confidence, this peace that we can have in the providing hand of God. Now, just like that doesn't mean that my kids are going to get a new car when they turn 16. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I'm going to live in a, in a lap of luxury. It may, but it doesn't have to mean that. Well, what he's saying here is, God gives us the things that we need, not just the things that we want. But if we need it, God ensures that we have those things. And so we celebrate that. We celebrate that in the lives of, of those fathers who, well, who do the things that many times no one else wants to do so that, our, so that your families can be provided for. We think about His guidance Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training 
and the admonition of the Lord. There are so many things that we can become so distracted by in the world and as it comes to fatherhood. But maybe we very clear that God has placed fathers in the home to be spiritual guides. And we, we started with this, but I want to end with this. God has placed fathers in the home to be spiritual guides. You can teach them, you can teach them how to make a million dollars. You can teach them how to, how to, how to shoot a perfect three-pointer. You, 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 you can teach them how to, how to have, you know, finely combed hair. There's nothing wrong with those things. But if I teach my children all of those things and I fail to teach them about the things of God, I fail as a father. That's not, that, that, that's not what we celebrate. That's not what we honor. If you want to be a father, as God intended you to be a father, then you become a spiritual leader in your home. You bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. They'll age on their own. But it's that, it's that inner person that you're nurturing and that you're striving to mature. That means you have conversations, as we already said, over and over, but not just about mowing the lawn. You have conversations about, about, what, about God's Word. You have conversations about humility. You have conversations about, about having that holy, holy ambition, about what does the family look like? What does the Bible teach? Who is our Lord? Who is our Savior? Who, who are we going to serve? You have conversations about God's grace and the hope that we have. I mean, all these words that are around us that we're striving to, to, to transform in the church, those are things that ought to be going on in the home. And godly fathers lead in those conversations and in those situations where, where you strive to set your children up for success. You strive to put them into places and with people where they will be nurtured and they will grow. Now, the terrifying thing is they might choose to reject all of that. Isaiah chapter 1, just like we all did with our Heavenly Father, it's not a comfortable chapter to read for any of us. But we give them the opportunity to show them something better. To show them that true success that comes from knowing Him. See, God speaks to us from His Word, not just so that we'll have something to do with our time, but so that we will understand the paths of righteousness. Thy Word, that's not Ephesians 6, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119. That's the purpose. God's not just trying to tell us something just for the sake of telling us something, just so that we'll know that He's in charge and we're not. He's trying to tell us something so that we can know Him, so that we can be in those paths of righteousness, so that we can be with Him for all of eternity. Even what he says there in John 3 and verse 17, that, God, that Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn this world. Hey guys, the world's already condemned whether Jesus comes or not. He came to save this world. He came to say, hey, you guys are walking down this path over here. I, you know, you need to come over here. Right? That's, that's the purpose of the Scriptures. That's the purpose of God's instruction, that we see that, we see that purposefully modeled through the institution of fatherhood that gives us a glimpse into the desires of God in our life. It would, be, it would be almost impossible for me to overstate 
the number of influences that go into the creation of a person. The number of influences that go into the creation of a radical disciple of Jesus Christ. We, we can talk about fathers and mothers and friends and situations. and I mean, the, the list is long, right? But in that very long list, God has created one institution that He intends and He purposes to take the lead, to serve as a head that is not just a title, that is, that is a place of service, that is an opportunity that is put before you as men of God. And that is fatherhood, to lead us in those paths of righteousness. We celebrate that because of where that's leading in the creation of men and women of God. May we never, gentlemen, listen to me for just a moment, may we never stop holding ourselves to that standard. May we spend some time on this Father's Day when our families are lavishing us with gifts and food, and right? May we spend some time on this day examining ourselves and saying, okay, how do I measure up to that standard? And I know we will find ourselves lacking, every one of us. But can I look at my life and say, but, but I'm striving for that. And my children will see that, and in the process, they will see godliness. That's God's intent. That's God's will. God's desire is that every one of us, whether you have the world's greatest father or you don't even know who your father is, to know that there is a heavenly father who is perfect and who loves you more than you will ever comprehend. I hope and I pray that you have received glimpses of that throughout your life. I hope and I pray that you experience that in its fullness when this life is complete to be with the father for all of eternity friends if you are outside of jesus christ he died so that you might be with the father you come to him you repent you repent of your sins and you be immersed for the remission of those sins and you arise to walk in a newness of life and if your sin is keeping you from the father then repent of that sin you come and you walk again with him once more May we be people who constantly reflect the glory of God. And may we never satisfy ourselves with a lesser standard. You come this morning as we stand and as we sing.